Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. As promised last time around, today's episode is also about strategic affairs. More specifically, India's relationship with one of our neighbors that's been making a lot of news recently, and that's Nepal. So, there are two aspects to discuss here. The first is the political turmoil that Nepal finds itself in internally at the moment. We'll get into that a little bit. But then we'll also look at how India fits into this larger picture, into the moves now being made by Prime Minister Oli. And then we'll go on to talk about what India can do now as this relationship grows more troubled, especially in the light of Mr. Oli's fairly bemusing recent comments on Ayodhya and the like. I'm joined today by a familiar guest on this podcast. Deputy National Editor Srinivasan Ramani usually joins us for our periodic data updates, where we track India's response to COVID-19. But he also knows a fair bit about Nepal politics. It was a subject of his PhD while he was at JNU. And just a note before we start that we recorded this episode on Monday, the 20th of July. Srini, thank you so much for joining us today. And it's uh, it's nice to talk about something uh, that's not COVID-19 related for a change. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah. Right, so the past few weeks have seen a fairly uh, turbulent situation uh, with Nepal's politics. And that's been overshadowed in recent days uh, and weeks, I think, by uh, Prime Minister Oli's statements on uh, Ayodhya. But let's kind of circle back to that uh, to that political situation in Nepal first and talk about the underlying reasons for it. And also about how India fits into that picture. Uh, how does, you know, the, this anti-India sentiment contribute to the political moves now being made by Prime Minister Oli? Uh, so we need to actually look slightly in the past to understand uh, why Mr. Oli is behaving the way he is now. Um, two things. Uh, there are both internal reasons and external reasons for his sudden anti-India rhetoric. Now, let us focus on the external reasons first. Uh, last year, uh, the uh, Indian government built a road to what is this, this disputed Kalapani area. Uh, and uh, that raised the hackles of the uh, Nepal government who immediately complained about uh, this new road being being built. Uh, simultaneously, uh, after the dilution of Article 370, the, the Indian government released a new uh, official political map of India uh, that apart from changing uh, the map of Jammu and Kashmir, also showed the uh, alignment of the Kali River in a way that uh, brought back memories of uh, how the East India Company dealt with the uh, Kalapani issue uh, way in the past. And this immediately, uh, you know, uh, raised the hackles of the Nepali establishment, who for for long were led to believe that this dispute would be solved by some eminent experts who have been discussing this issue for quite some time between these two countries. But as soon as India's release of this official map uh, uh, was done, the uh, Nepali uh, regime uh, took offense to it. And since then, there was a clamor within Nepal for ne- uh, for Nepal to release its own official map. Uh, by ch- 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 changing the contours and including the Kalapani region, which is currently in Uttarakhand, to be part of the to be part of Nepal's territory. Now that would have been, you know, really upping the ante, right? Uh, having said that, Mr. Oli uh, was also under some, you know, internal pressure uh, because of the lack of decent performance by his government. Now that's why I, I said there are two reasons to why he's behaving the way he's behaving. 
now let's get into the internal reasons so mr oli won a very strong majority in the 2018 elections and uh, his party the nepal communist party came to power with a huge majority and the nepal communist party was itself formed by the merger of the UML that is the Unified Marxist Leninist Party the mainstream communist party and the Nepali Maoists led by Mr Prachanda now this gave this merger actually gave the Nepal communist party a, not just a huge majority they, they won a two thirds majority and uh, uh, it was expected that Nepal will have a stable government uh, for once uh, in in a long time but right. ever since uh, Mr Oli has come to be, uh, come to power and uh, he has been the prime minister he has also held the po- position of the general secretary of the ncp there has been frosty relations between mr uh, oli and mr uh, prachanda or pushpa kumar dahal who who, who was with the erstwhile uh, maoists and uh, uh, there were other leaders in the, U- the in the erstwhile uml who were also you know dismayed that too much power was concentrated in the hands of mr oli combined with the fact that the performance of the government was not up to really up to the mark uh, mr oli's popularity started dipping uh, in a year or so now what happened was that this uh, action by the indian government actually gave the reason or the rationale for mr oli to behave in a way where he could you know uh, gain the popular sentiment uh, by taking up a strong anti india position and that's the reason why he has up the ante and uh, nepal went down to release its official map that got uh, you know uh, ratified in the both houses of the nepal parliament and uh, slowly steadily he regained some of the uh, you know po- popularity that he had lost because of his government's performance now uh, that said while there is a significant anti india section in uh, kathmandu nepal's nepal's economy thrives because of its good relations with india as well and uh, the indian the indian government and the indian establishment has uh, you know a lot of interlocutors within uh, kathmandu who were dismayed with the the way the nepali government has up the anti and tried to take up a strong anti india position Uh, that also precipitated a you know inter party struggle within the uh, ncp when factions within the ncp started demanding that mr oli give up one of the two posts either the party chair or the prime minister but that's where the chinese uh, establishment is uh, alleged to have played a role in bringing a thaw with, uh, you know between the dahal faction and mr oli's faction and yesterday i think uh, rather uh, just a few days ago uh both of them came to an agreement and the status quo has been maintained in uh, nepal a tentative deal has come about that has allowed for uh, you know a party convention to be held uh, later and the status quo has now prevailed in uh, nepal so what 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 really has happened is that mr oli has taken recourse to this anti india or what is called is extreme uh, nepali nationalist position to you know strengthen his his, his own hold which had, which had faltered in the last couple of years or so and also some of the actions by the indian uh, establishment in the last year or so has given him the excuse to do that right yeah. and you did kind of mention that earlier that there is um, there is an anti india well faction constituency if you like yes. in kathmandu yes and it kind of stems from the fact i'm guessing that uh, they see india as being you know acting as this kind of superior power big brother kind of thing uh it was it, it's been kind of evident it flashes up in at various points i think yes. even during the uh, earthquake that happened in nepal yes. in 2013 i remember there was this yeah. backlash yeah, yeah. um so what's the kind of history of that has it gotten worse in recent years has it is it more long standing it is a long standing issue in the sense that you know uh, if you look at uh, nepal look at the history of nepal uh, nepal was an independent country uh, of course it had various regimes ruling it uh, it was initially the prithvi dynasty which ruled it 
before the rana regime took over in the mid uh, uh, 1850s and ruled that country for literally one century now all these regimes had some or other thing to do with uh, with the british uh, regime that was in power in india but once india became independent uh, there was a flip to the democratic movement within nepal as well right now uh, when this flip to the democratic movement happened there was a schism in nepali politics uh, or uh, what we call the elite politics in nepal one section of the elite polity that you know was represented in the monarchy was also represented in the communist party felt that their strength derived from the fact that they were opposed to indian uh, hegemony in nepal the other section of the polity felt that uh, indian support to democratic forces like the nepali congress would in, in essence benefit uh the, the nepali people and this uh, discord uh, persisted in the 50s and 60s and 70s right now uh, india played a major role in uh, the first janandolan or the uh, the upsurge in the 19 in late 1980s that led to the uh, collapse of absolute monarchy and the change of nepal from absolute monarchy into constitutional monarchy at that point of time the mainstream democratic polity beat the uml the communists the uh, nepali congress they were aligned with indian interests and uh, the indian imposition of a blockade actually helped in the the change in uh, equations in nepal such that the monarchy had to give up absolute power the same thing happened in the mid 2000s also when janendra took up absolute power and it was the indian regime which brokered an uh, agreement between the nepali maoists and the mainstream polity that resulted in the uh, massive movement that led to the formation of republican nepal so uh, the, the the role of the indian uh, government has always been decisive and even uh, important with respect to nepal but that is not always meant that uh, you know people who have uh, made use of this relations with nepal uh, with india uh, have been comfortable with it right so uh, right. The, the uml for example uh, was part of the eight party agreement that was brokered by the by by the indian uh, government in many ways but at the same time uh, once the uh, once the constituent assembly was set up in nepal a section of the uml you know was not in tune with what the indian regime wanted or indian establishment wanted in uh, nepal so uh, they used this anti india feeling to you know build uh, a momentum against uh, uh, the nepali maoists and other forces who wanted you know uh, not just a republican nepal but also federal nepal so uh, this anti india sentiment that you see uh, in nepal has always been there at times it has been uh, appropriated by the monarchists at times it has been appropriated by those who feel that nepal should not become yet another sikkim or who play right. play up the fears of uh, uh, you know india occupying uh, nepal and so on and at times it has been used by even democrats to you know shore up their uh, you know flagging support base at times so um, the, the this this is a constant this is an equation that that persists over time but who takes up this position varies over time and so you know coming to mr oli himself i think the uh, the narrative here seems to be that he was an ally of india was friendly Yes. with india when yes. he was first selected yeah and at um you know recently he has kind of uh, drawn closer to china um now as you said it's 2018 it's not a long time ago yeah. um what exactly has happened in these intervening two years aside from the the map yeah. Uh, thing yeah. that we spoke about so uh, if you look at uh, nepal's uh, political economy and its uh, and its economy itself there is a lot of dependence on uh, on india uh, that is not going to vanish away anytime soon right uh so much of because it's a landlocked country much of its imports are sourced from indian ports right mm-hmm. now nepal o- over the last few decades have always wanted to you know uh, come off this deep dependence over the indian economy 
and they have tried to diversify their sources of in, uh, imports uh, sources of goods and so on from beyond just india and they have, uh, the oli government actually signed a, a treaty uh, with the Ch chinese government sometime back which allowed for sourcing of goods from chinese ports as well but despite that uh, you know because of the peculiar geography the, the china is to the north and india is to the south but india is to the south where the plains are while china right. is north where you have the tibetan plateau and the mountains and uh, that doesn't lend for transfer of goods as easy as it is over the india nepal border so india and nepal have a unique relationship also that was uh, cemented by the indo nepal friendship treaty in 1950 which allows for nepalis to come and work in india and indians indians to work in nepal and so on without the need for a visa or a passport as well now that has benefited nepal but at the same time in the last uh, decade or so the the deep dependence of nepali labor uh, uh, to get jobs in india is no longer there uh, nepalis now migrate in long, uh, in large numbers to the gulf Uh, to other right. other parts of the world and uh, uh, the nepali families are not as dependent upon you know the indian economy uh, the it, as it was in the it was as it was in the past so that has loosened the kind of relationship that india and nepal had uh, in that sense even though there is a significant amount of dependence that in, uh, nepal has over india but it is not as dependent as it was in the past now this has also uh coincided with the fact that china has increased its investments in the neighborhood uh it has tried to tie uh, nepal to its belt and road strategy uh it is also the, the chinese embassy is also trying to play a much more you know intricate role in kathmandu beyond just uh, uh the nominal role that it used to play previously the, all that uh, china was concerned about in nepal was that nepal was not used as you know some kind of a zone for protection of tibetan rebels or tibetan dissidents and so on uh but now uh, uh they are playing a much more involved role the embassy is trying to mediate between various political actors uh, and so on this is something that the indian establishment used to do but now even the chinese are involved in it uh the china uh, the chinese regime is also much more powerful uh, uh, in terms of in economic terms right and that yeah. that is the reason why you notice that there is uh, greater philip that has motivated this uh, anti india uh, faction in nepal recently than in the past Uh, mm. i would say that some miscalculated moves uh, that uh, that the indian government played which included the fallout of the uh, article 370 issue in kashmir has yeah. has led to the situation and uh, the fact that the indian government did not uh, uh, try to you know resolve this irritants that had cropped up after the release of the maps through talks with the nepali regime that has led to you know the nepali regime regime behaving in this fashion so there is an element of arrogance but it is not entirely uh, the indian government's fault alone uh, both these external and internal factors have led to the situation right and uh, of course the more uh, recent um, event in the news of course is mr oli's claims about ayodhya yes. um, always uh, yeah. i mean a short short way to you know raise um, yes. raise political emotions yes. um again about this claim about ayodhya uh, the the location of ayodhya is that also something that has a historical precedent in nepal or has it been a kind of a fringe issue i have never encountered this issue uh, to the best of my knowledge perhaps it right. was, and i have must have not noticed it but to my knowledge i have never noticed any nepali right. leader you know making this claim in the past uh, you know uh, the, there is this great historian ak ramanujam who has written about the 300 ramayanas right so yeah. uh, there have been multiple versions of the ramayanas and there could be probably a nepali current as well we don't know but yeah. uh, the raising of this issue uh, by the prime minister of nepal actually suggests that this is uh, this is not innocent this is not a historical or a cultural issue 
but a deeply political issue that mr uh, oli is trying to raise in order to you know uh, you know up the ante even further and this might seem odd to some people uh, when when you understand that mr oli is the chair and also the uh, 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 the leader of the ruling nepali communist party <laughs> so you don't See expect that. the communist party to raise uh, raise such cultural issues uh, in india for yeah. example the ram janma movie issue was always something that was championed by the bjp which by yeah. no uh, which no one would mistake for uh, for a leftist or a, a progressive uh, party but, but in the case of the for nepal uh, case of nepal for the nepal communist party to raise this issue is not surprising as well because the nepali communist party uh, or the uml in the past has always always been a party of the status quo as well uh, you know in the in the 50s and 60s there was a current in, among the nepali communists which actually supported monarchy uh in the in in the, in the 2000s when uh, mr gyanendra uh, imposed absolute monarchy there was a section among the uh, uml which wanted to you know deal with the monarch uh, with the uh, with, with the monarchy rather with rather than with other mainstream parties so there has been a regressive element within the nepali communist party that has persisted over time and that regressive element is playing out playing itself out through mr oli now right uh, and this doesn't bode well for necessarily well for nepal because nepal for all its problems uh, actually came up with a very progressive constitution that was focused on uh, federalism secularism and uh, and uh, trying to shore up the economic fortunes of the country uh, through uh, through political institutions such as federal institutions uh, you know representative institutions and so on uh, right. so uh, the cultural issues were not uh, were subsumed uh, after the uh, collapse of the monarchy it was a monarchy which always tried to use cultural issues to Uh, assert assert its dominance over the uh, uh, you know nepali people and the mainstream political parties were all focused on more temporal issues uh, issues such as the economy uh, you know land distribution dependence over uh, other countries and so on but now right. when you notice the nepali communist party raising up such issues it, it is just a revival of what the panchayat regime or the monarchist regime used to do in the 1950s and 60s and that doesn't bode too well for nepal because nepal as we know is an underdeveloped country it requires a significant amount of aid even now it's it requires significant amount of development uh, projects to you know uh, help itself uh, to you know get, get over its economic mess and so on and uh, cultural issues only distract uh, the people and the country from truly uh, you know achieving uh, some amount of development right um let's just end shrini perhaps with uh, just looking ahead a little bit um yeah. as you mentioned um, you know the the ayodhya issue has kind of taken center stage over what is uh, you know the political machinations that have been going on in nepal yeah. the past few weeks yeah but um, is that situation reaching some sort of conclusion and uh, where do we see uh, you know india nepal relations really heading from this point on right so uh, if you look at the indian reaction to the nepali release of new maps and uh, and so on uh the uh, the indians uh, indian government said they will not uh, negotiate uh, any further the, uh, unless nepal changes the status quo in terms of bringing back uh, the older maps and to at least acknowledge that they had unilaterally changed the map and so on so there right. is an impasse in india india nepal relations now the way mr oli is trying to build cultural capital now also doesn't seem that uh, doesn't seem to suggest that there will be any thaw in relations in the time being so uh, the indian hope that uh, there will be some internal turmoil uh, and the, the sections within the nepali communist party the nepali congress and other new federal forces that are emerging in nepal would take on mr oli is also being belied by the fact that the chinese are playing a very intrusive game in patching up differences within the communist party and so on so on but that said uh, you know all these machinations will only matter if mr oli delivers right 
right. uh, if we manages to improve the employment situation in nepal if we manage to uh, deliver on the infrastructure issues in nepal and and that doesn't seem to be happening as well so uh, so there is a lot of flux and i think there will be a reverting to the mean sometime soon for now you might notice that the indian regime uh, has you know uh, lost its uh, levers in nepal but i don't think that will be the case forever and uh, uh, considering the fact that uh, the nepali uh, you know economy is still very developed, dependent on nepal nepal nepali the laboring classes uh, both from the hills and largely from the plains are so dependent on finding alternative employment in uh, in india uh, so uh, they, they can't afford uh, to have bad relations for with india forever the chinese can help them financially they can help them patch over differences but they cannot simply replace uh, the role of india in terms of helping helping nepal's economy so i think uh, over time i think there will be a correction uh, mr kohli might probably win uh, many battles but uh, the the war he won't be able to win the war that's my uh, gut feeling so i also think that the indian government should play a patient game mm-hmm. it has to patiently involve itself with various development projects in nepal that it is already doing and win over uh, the nepali people uh, and the regime Uh, slowly and steadily by showing that they have better intent uh, and uh, probably also negotiate the kalapani issue quickly enough so that uh, this doesn't become an irritant that remains forever right yeah. sini we landed it we landed it there this was uh, this has actually been a really fascinating conversation we'll uh, catch up again i suppose once again uh, to talk about coronavirus but this yes. has been a good diversion yeah thank thanks, you thanks jain thanks 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 so much